0: Wow, man, don't you just love kids? Oh, I just love kids. Can't wait to be a grandparent, you know? Well, happy Easter, everybody. We're so grateful you've uh, chosen to worship Christ with us and be a part of our Easter services. Uh, today we're beginning a, a new three-part series entitled The Life That I Was Meant to Live, uh, The Life That You Were Meant to Live. And I'm convinced that most of us, we're, just, we're not living up to our potential. We're not living up to what God has for us and what God wants for us. Now, you might say, well, Dr. Ray, you know, I'm living the good life. You know, I'm living the good life in South Florida, man. I'm looking good, and I'm feeling good, and I, I have the goods. But the problem with the good life, it just, it ain't, sorry, it ain't good enough. It's just a good life. And I know a lot of people that are living the good life here in South Florida, and they have the goods, and they look good, and they feel good. But like the lead singer of YouTube, Bono, said, they still haven't found what they're looking for. And I believe that God has so much more for us. But we just, we're just not living up to our potential. We're not living up to our potential. We're stuck. You know, we're, we're struggling. Um, and that's why Jesus came. He came to give us a better life. And a better life is better than the good life. So for the next couple weeks, we're going to be talking about the life that you were meant to live. And that life that you were meant to live is anchored in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Easter in 3D. Now, have you heard of Easter in 3D? How many of you? I'm, I'm the only one that have heard of Easter in 3D? You didn't bring your glasses today? You think I look like a goofball? That's what you look like when you go to the movie and you watch a movie in 3D. You know? Easter in 3D. And, and I know it might be a little controversial, might be a little complicated, but if you hang with me, hopefully within about 25 minutes when we're done with my message this morning, you will really begin to see Easter in all three dimensions in 3D. Now, 3D movies, people don't realize this, they, it was patent back in the late 1800s. The first 3D movie showed up in 1915. But it's just recently that 3D, and because of new technology, it's really broken out. And 2011 was the breakout year for 3D movies. 26 major motion pictures were made in 3D format in 2011. And now you even have 3D TVs. My youngest son had to go out and buy one. He took it back, but, you know, it's not quite there yet. Um, but, uh, but it's, it's been around for a long time. And supposedly today where the money is is going back to those classic movies that we love and taking those classic movies in black and white and transferring them into color and then from color transferring them into three dimensions, into 3D. That's where the money is. Now here's one guy's comment. He watched the same movie, get this, three times in three different formats. And I think his comments are very perceptive. He said, when I saw the movie in black and white, I got the facts of the story. But when I saw the story in color, the story got me. But when I saw it in 3D, it became my story. See the difference here? Let's unpack this. Black and white, he got the what of the story? The facts of the story. He caught the message, the truth of the story. In color, he said, the story got me. It got him. It came alive. It drew him into the story. It affected him. And then in 3D, it became my story. He felt like he could touch it. He felt like he was a part of it. It became his story. He experienced the story. So are, are, you, are you with me yet? What about Easter in 3D? I mean, how do you see Easter I would propose that most of us here this morning probably see Easter in black and white. Black and white. That might be the reason why some of you this morning, if you're honest, you're not really all that excited about Easter. I mean, it's the same story. You dress up every year. You come, you know, and and you can relate to that video at the very beginning of the service. And you're here, you know, and it's, it's, it's always the same old story, right? I mean, why don't they change the story up? like that uh, Groundhog's Day or something. It'd be a little more exciting, you know. A good guy by the name of Jesus, he says he's the Savior of the world, he's God, he dies for our sin, he's in the grave, he comes back. He always comes back, right, in three days. I mean, we kind of know how the story goes. It's, it's just Easter and black and white. It's not that very exciting to some of us. But do we believe the story? Do we believe the facts of the story? Let's look at the first dimension of Easter. Easter in black and white, and as we look at Easter in black and white, we see the proof of the resurrection. You see all Christendom is stands. All Christendom stands on the proof of the resurrection. If there was no resurrection, if you can disprove it historically, you can disprove and disband and dissolve Christianity. That is the anchor, that is the rock upon which it stands. And Jesus had to be either a liar or a lunatic. Or he was Lord. He was Lord of lords and king of kings. And Jesus made some outrageous claims. In John 14, he says this. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then in verse 9, he says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. In other words, I'm God. I'm God in human flesh. If you've seen, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then verse 10, I am the Father and the Father is in me. Pretty outrageous, isn't it? That he is God and he's the only one. He's the only way. He's the only path. He's the only door to heaven's gate. And then he began to back up his outrageous, his outrageous claims. He said, basically, I'm gonna prove it to you once and for all that what I'm saying is the truth by my very own death and resurrection. I'm going to prove it to you. Now, we're not talking about resuscitation. We're not talking about holding your breath till you pass out and say, hey, I'm resurrected, guys, I'm back. We're not talking about being dead for three minutes or three hours. We're talking about resurrection, being dead for three days and then coming back to life. Now, when he first made this prediction, he was pretty vague. He kind of spoke in metaphors. In, in, in Matthew 12, uh, 12, Jesus said this, for as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights. So will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. As he got a little closer to his death, he got more specific. He got very clear, crystal clear. In Matthew 17, Jesus told him, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed. You remember that? Judas, into the hands of his enemies, and he will be killed, and, put on, uh, and, and he will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. Now, how did his disciples respond to this? Did they believe him? No. No one believed him at first. Verse 23, and the disciples were filled with what? Grief. All they heard was he was going to die. They didn't even get the resurrection part. You know, they were filled with grief. And then Christ was as he predicted he would be. He was betrayed by his friend. He was crucified on a cross. And then he died and he was buried in the grave for three days, and then on Easter Sunday morning, he came back to life. And through his death and resurrection, he has proved once and for all that he is indeed God, that he was God in human flesh, and that he died for the sins of the world. And that event was so historical and so powerful 2,000 years ago that today nearly two-thirds of the world, of the world, five billion people are celebrating Easter. And because of that event, it was so powerful, my birthday and your birthday is dated by his. I was born August 26, 1978, right? Makes me 34. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, you got that right. Wow. So he died. Came back to life on Sunday. And then often I I find that we forget this when we look at the proof and the black and white of the Easter story. Some people just kind of get the idea that he saw a couple women on Sunday and they were kind of emotional and then he left. No. It was very clear, very explicit. He was on the earth for 40 days. Acts 1, 3 says this. He even went fishing with a group of guys. Verse 3 says, Man, during the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he did what? He proved. He proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. At one time, he even appeared at a party in front of 500 people. Hundreds and hundreds of people saw Christ. He was walking the streets of Jerusalem. And they were saying, you are that guy. I saw you crucified. I saw the spear go into your heart. And now you're alive. I mean, his life, his death, his resurrection, it was such a powerful historical event that the city of Jerusalem, historian, uh, Josephus says that back then it was about a city of about 200,000. It was a very large city. 10, 15 years later, 100,000 of them became believers in Yeshua. They became believers in Jesus Christ. The church exploded because everybody had seen him or they knew of somebody that had seen him. And it was proof. It was conclusive, definitive, eyewitness proof for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now today... Some 2,000 years later, most people, most of you here today, you probably believe in the black and white facts about Easter, that Jesus died and rose again. That's why you're here. But unfortunately, most of us only see Easter in black and white. We just know the facts. But there's so much more. We need to see Easter in color. And when we see Easter in color, we not only see the proof of the resurrection, but we see the promise of the resurrection. In color, the story of Easter comes alive. The story gets me, it becomes personal. It becomes so much more than just an historical fact, it gets in me. And you see, one day your heart is going to stop beating, and it's going to be the end of your body but it's not going to be the end of your life because God has made you to last forever. That's why there's this feeling inside of every single one of us that tells us, you know, there's got to be something more to this life. You feel it. You sense it. Eternity has been written in our hearts. There's something there that tells you there's got to be more. There's got to be a second dimension to this life. Easter in the second dimension. And then Jesus made this promise in John 11. He said, I'm the resurrected and the life. Anyone who believes in me will what? Will live even after dying. I mean, what a promise. Now, I don't know if I would have believed that promise if it wasn't for the fact that Jesus did himself die and go to heaven and came back to the earth. He came back. So that we could have eternal life, so that the story of Easter would get in me, it would come alive. Jesus died so that I could have eternal life. Death becomes a transition and not the end. That's pretty cool. That's Easter in the second dimension. Now, can you imagine my parents who grew up in the 50s and and watched TV on one of those small, little, black-and-white TV sets? Can you imagine the first time they saw color? My oldest son, he's got one of those 60-inch plasma TVs. I mean, it's the best to watch the games. It's phenomenal. Can you imagine going from one of those small, black-and-white TVs to 60-inch plasma TV? Man, it just comes alive. And Jesus said he died so that we could come alive and spend eternity with him. And the cool thing about it, there's nothing you can do. It's it's a gift. God gives this eternal life to those who turn from their sins and put their faith and trust in him. Those who believe in him. Salvation is free. You can't earn it by coming to church on Easter, I'm sorry. You can't earn it by being baptized today at 5 o'clock. You can't get it through human performance or by being good or by keeping the Ten Commandments. The apostles have made it very clear. Peter put it this way in 1 Peter 1. He says, it's by his, God's great mercy, God's great love. It's by his great mercy and love that we've been born again. We've been spiritually reborn Not by works, by grace, by mercy. Because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great, what's the word? Great expectation, great hope. And we have a priceless, get this, we have a priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. Pure, undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. I mean, did you get that? God has made reservations for you in heaven. He's called ahead. You know, he's got your reservations. He's got a place for you. Wow. That's living life and living color. That's living doing Easter in the second dimension. And it's very important to note here who is the one doing the holding? God is the one that's doing the keeping. It says that is kept, an inheritance that is kept in heaven. You know, a lot of things in life, unfortunately, you can lose. You can lose your job, you can lose your health, you can lose your wealth, you can even lose your family, and you can even lose your mind, but you never lose your salvation. Once it's been given to you, once you've received it, once you've put your faith in Christ, you can never lose it. God paid for it with the precious blood of his own son. And now all we have to do to receive it is to believe is to truly believe and see Easter in the second dimension. Look at verse 5. And through your faith, that's how you are born again, that's how you have this inheritance, through your faith, through your trust in Christ, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation. By salvation here, he's talking about eternal life. So be truly what? Be glad. Man, this is wonderful joy ahead. Even though, and this is where maybe some of you are at right now, you have to endure many trials for a little while. Again, man, that's living in living color. That's living life the way we were meant to live. Even though life is full of disappointments, there can be joy. There can be gladness because of God's promise of an imperishable inheritance. Can I be blunt? Blunt? direct with you. You know, nothing in this earth of ours works perfectly. I mean, do you, do you agree with me? I mean, even the Miami Heat loss, you know, and of all teams to Chicago, you know. I mean, the truth is everything on this earth is broken. It has been infiltrated by sin and everything in it. And your body doesn't work perfectly. And the weather doesn't work perfectly, even though it was pretty close to it. Last week here in in South Florida, at least. And the economy certainly doesn't work perfectly. It's broken. And your dreams get broken. And your heart gets broken. And a lot of bad things happen in your life because we live in a broken world. But Peter says this. There is wonderful joy ahead. So be truly glad. You see, that's living life in the second dimension. Be truly glad. Live life the way God wants you to live it, with joy and with gladness, with unending hope, because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So you with me? Are you with me? All right, let's review real quick, all right? The life we were meant to live, and we'll see if you're with me or not, is is rooted in what? See, you're not with me. All right, let's start from the very beginning. The life that you are meant to live is rooted, it's grounded in the resurrection. This is all about Easter Sunday. Come on, people. Okay? It's rooted in what? The resurrection. And so we looked at Easter, we looked at the resurrection in black and white first, right? We looked at the, the proof, the proof of the resurrection, all right? The facts of the story that Jesus indeed died three days and he proved once and for all that he was God and he is the way to the Father. And then we looked at Easter in color and we saw the promise. All right, yeah, you can read your notes, okay. We saw the promise of the resurrection. That because Christ was resurrected from the dead, so we can be. That's living life in color. Now let's see Easter in 3D. And in the 3D, we see the power the proof, the promise, and the power of the resurrection. We see the power of the resurrection when it becomes my story, when I become a part of the story, when I live my life and I'm experiencing the power of the resurrection in my daily life. You see, Easter is a three dimensional event. It was in the past, it's factual, it's in the future, it's eternal. And it's in the present. It's transformational. And that's what we're going to be talking about for the next two weeks is that transformational aspect of living the life that you were meant to live, of living up to your potential. Now, because of the resurrection, Jesus offers us today power every day He offers us power to change and and power to grow and power to live the life that I was meant to live. See, now I'm in the story. I'm experiencing the resurrection. Now, let me tell you something. Most people never get there. They never live the life they were meant to live. A lot of people and a lot of you this morning, you believe the proof. You believe, you know, that Jesus lived and he died Many of you have accepted the promise of spending eternity with him because you've put in your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But very few people access the power. That's why their life is no different than anybody else's life. I mean, you've met people like that. They say they're a Christ follower and there's no power in their life. So how do you know when you have not accessed the power in your life? Rick Warren says, you've got the four F's in your life. Frustration, fatigue, fear, and failure. When you're not plugged into the power, man, you feel frustrated. You kind of go through life with a low-grade frustration, you know? I mean, you want to change, but you, you just don't have the power to change. And then because you're running all the time, and you're running all the time on your own strength... You're tired all the time, and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, fatigue. And then fear takes over in your life. And because you can't control everything, you're, you're freaking out all the time. You're worrying, and you're anxious. And so you end up living life like a failure. You're in a constant state of failing. You just can't seem to get a break. Those four things, frustration, fatigue, fear, and failure, are proof that you're still living the good life and not living the better life, the better life that God wants you to live. The Apostle Paul put it this way. He said, he, referring to Jesus Christ, he said, Jesus included, get this, everyone in his death, you with me? So that everyone could also be included in his life, a resurrection life. Let's read this last part together one voice, can we? A far better life than people ever lived on their own. Wow. God wants to give you a far better life than, ever, than you can ever have on your own. God wants to give it to you. There's a better life out there. But just kind of like a toaster, you know, a toaster is not worth a flip or worth any good if it's not plugged into the outlet. And it's not really worth any good if it's not plugged into the outlet if you don't have power in the outlet, right? I mean, a toaster is of no value without the power to run the toaster. And a lot of us are running our lives and we're not plugged into the power. Paul said this, I want to know Christ. I want to experience, see, this is 3D living. I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. You see, that's living in the third dimension. That's 3D living. That's the story of Christ and his resurrection becoming your story because you begin to live with that same power, Now, notice in this verse, that life is not free from suffering. Paul says he wants to be a part of Christ's suffering. But it's experiencing Christ and his power in the suffering. So the question then is, how do we access the power? The ABCs of uh, of 3D living. A, I accept the proof. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and, what's the word? Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you'll be saved. you got to accept. Accept the proof. B, you got to believe the promise. Read it with me in one voice, can we? For God so loved the world... I don't, I'm not hearing anybody, okay? Let's try it again. You ready? For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's believing the promise. And then C i got to count on his power. Now, I don't know what you're going through in your life right now. But I do know that life is tough. Life can be very tough. And some of you are going through great emotional struggles right now. Others of you are going through financial difficulties. Maybe it's health issues. Maybe your marriage, your relationship is falling apart. Or maybe your kids are a mess. You need to put your faith and a power beyond yourself. You need to plug in to God's power. You need to ask God to help you. Paul said this, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the the province of Asia. We were crushed And overwhelmed, get these words, beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. Man, he was at the point of death. In fact, we expected to die, but as a result, this is what happened. This is what needs to happen in your life, in my life. We stop relying on ourselves and we learn to rely only on God who raises the dead. And yes, he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. You see, that's living the life that you were meant to live. That in spite of your circumstances, in spite of the evil in this world, in spite of the disappointment and the delays and the problems and the hurts, You can overcome. You can overcome and you can be victorious because of the power of the resurrection. That's seeing Easter in 3D. That's living Easter in 3D. And I invite you this morning to plug in. To plug in to God's resurrection power and see the difference it will make in your life. Can we bow our heads in prayer? Can we pray? Can you pray right now quietly to yourself and your heart? Maybe this morning you need to acknowledge the proof. You need to say, God, you know, I accept the proof that you died for my sins, that you rose again. God, I believe the promise. Can you pray that this morning? I believe the promise that you love me and that you sent your son to die for me so that I could have eternal life. God, I thank you for that promise. And I invite Jesus Christ right now to come into my life and to change me, to forgive me, to do life with me. And then can we all pray this morning, God, I want to count on your power Man, I'm tired of being frustrated and fearful. I want to put my faith in you on a daily basis. Can you join me in saying, God, I want to live a better life. I want to live the life I was meant to live. God, we're so grateful this morning that the event that happened 2,000 years ago is still transforming and changing lives and changing people today. Father, we thank you for the cross and we thank you for the resurrection and for the power it brings in our life. Give us the courage and faith to believe in you, to trust in you, to count upon you every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.